this was the first time in 2,000 years that Jewish people got together to have a formal meeting to discuss their future. And that's where the um, goal of Zionism was established. That's where the World Zionist Organization was established. And that started the Jewish people on the road to creating a Jewish state. That's David Matlow in Toronto, where he keeps the world's largest collection of Theodore Herzl artifacts and memorabilia. And this week, he heads to Basel in Switzerland to attend the 125th anniversary of the first Zionist Congress, which is where Dr. Theodore Herzl stood in the Swiss Concert Hall in late August of 1897 and delivered his vision of founding a Jewish state in Palestine. Now, it would take another 50 years to come true and two wars and the Holocaust, but Israel was born, although Herzl wouldn't live to see it for himself. These two days of meetings are being billed as the most significant gathering of Zionists this decade. There'll be big-name speakers, including Israel's president, and some leading Canadian thinkers like Gil Troy and Daniel Libeskind, Sylvan Adams and Dana Azrieli. The conference comes as Zionism and Israel and Jews are under attack and the targets of hatred from both the right and the left these days. I don't know if they're expecting trouble. I trust the Swiss authorities and the Israeli authorities to make sure it will be safe for everyone. Wherever Jewish people get together, wherever Zionists get together, there is that risk and we have to protect ourselves, which frankly was the purpose of Zionism, where we can look after ourselves and not be dependent on others. So sadly, 125 years into it, there is still hostility towards the, the Zionist dream. It's no longer a dream. It exists. But those who promote it, advocate it, love the state of Israel, support it, want to nurture it and improve it, comes with, it comes with the territory. I'm Ellen Basner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. World Zionist Congress sets policy for the major Israeli Zionist institutions, including the World Zionist Organization, the Jewish Agency, and the JNF. And delegates from the diaspora, including Canada, get their say on how to run things and how to spend their billion-dollar budget. Israel and the USA control two-thirds of the votes, but Canada does have a delegation of about 20 people. The Congress meets every five years, usually in Israel, but this year, because of the 125th anniversary, it's being held in the same city where Theodore Herzl convened the first one. Coming up, we'll speak to David about what Herzl would have made of Jewish life today and the challenges that Zionism still faces. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Alexandra Lolka-Rotman, TDSB trustee here in New York Centre, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. As we told you yesterday, the Canadian government is in hot water over how it paid a six-figure contract to an anti-racism agency based in Montreal, where their lead consultant, Laith Marouf, is a known anti-Israel and anti-Jewish activist who's been suspended from Twitter for his hateful comments over the years. On Monday, Canada's diversity minister, Ahmed Hussein, ordered the funding cut to the Canadian Media Advocacy Centre, where he works, and ordered their cross-Canada training seminars to be suspended. The move comes after Jewish groups and politicians raised serious questions about the government's vetting process for who it hands out taxpayers' money to. If you missed yesterday's episode, we interviewed Mark Goldberg. The Toronto Telecom consultant has collected 120 examples of this man's hateful anti-Jewish tweets, and he's tracked him for years. The link to the story is in our show notes. 
Now, you got a picture of what David Matlow's living room looks like. There's a huge white stone bust of Herzl on the display case, and Herzl's sporting a very fierce expression on his carved face. It's only one piece in David's extensive collection of more than 5,000 Herzl artifacts. He has paintings and photos and postcards and keychains and wrappers from sardine cans, even bobbleheads. If it's Herzl-related, David's got it. We spoke just before he left to head to Switzerland. So, David, tell us a little bit about the whole event and and what is being planned for this anniversary. The Zionist Congress was a very moving event for the participants. There are descriptions of when Herzl came out, there he would have a standing ovation for 15 minutes and yelling and screaming and crying and shouts of Yehi HaMelech, long live the king. And when the Congress was over after the third day, it lasted from the 29th to the 31st of August, when Herzl declared it closed for an hour, there were cheers and singing and cries of next year in Jerusalem because they realized that they had participated in something that was historical and momentous. And Israel Zangwill, who was a English poet who was in attendance at the Zionist Congress, he wrote these lines. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept as we remembered Zion. By the river of Basel, we sat down and resolved to weep no more. That's what Zionism is about. That's what the state of Israel offers us. And that's what the meeting in Basel is there to remind us. So it's the 125th anniversary of that momentous event. And the World Zionist Organization has organized a meeting. I call it Woodstock for Herzl fans that will take place in Basel starting on Sunday, August 28th. Okay, so you mentioned Woodstock for Herzl fans, but are they actually doing it in the same place, the same buildings? What do you know about that? It's a conference. There's two conferences going on at the same time. There is an impact summit for 125 young leaders who are in the world of impact in investing and impact social programs, as well as a leadership summit of about 500 people. It's taking place in a convention center, but the whole event concludes with a gala um, in the Congress Hall the precise place where the First Zionist Congress took place, and it will um, include the involvement of the president of of the state of Israel, who's coming for this event. Well, let's talk about what Herzl, you know, being the world's expert on Herzl, what do you think um, he would have made of the situation now going on in the world where there's so much anti-Zionism, that Zionists are being called colonialists in in the new trope? You know, how how do you think he would have handled it? Well, he would, I'll start with how he would have felt about it. The whole idea of Zionism, the whole idea of the Jewish state, the Zionist Congress was a solution to anti-Semitism. Herzl realized before many that there will always be anti-Semitism wherever we go in great numbers. We go to places where we find safety and security. And by virtue of the increased numbers, anti-Semitism ensues. And in fact, it was Max Nordau who in his opening address at the First Zionist Congress said something to the effect that anti-Semitism is nothing to do with what Jewish people do. It's a well-known adage that if you want to drown a dog, first you have to conclude that the dog was uh, insane. 
And you have to find a rationale for that. But the true basis for it is you just want to drown the dog. And so he compared that to anti-Semitism. There is hatred of Jewish people, regardless of what they do. And then you find a context, a pretext for it, which Herzl uh, understood and Nordau understood, and it was well talked about at the first Zionist Congress, where Jewish people are either capitalists or they're communists. They either live together or try and integrate. It's whatever you want. You can find a reason to hate the Jewish people. And Herzl's idea was the only way to protect ourselves is to have our own country. And that worked if amazingly effectively. Too late, we all know. But we all know that if there is risk to the Jewish people, we have an alternative that wasn't available to the Jews of Europe in the 1930s and the 40s. We have a place to go. And whether that's now Jews from Ukraine or previously from Ethiopia or Russia or the Jews from France, and heaven forbid, it should never be the Jews from North America that need that outlet. But in the back of our minds, we know that's there. And that started with the Zionist Congress in Basel. What is left to do of Herzl's dream today? What, uh, where, where is, what's happening with Zionism today? What's unfinished? Well, Herzl said that Zionism is an infinite ideal and it, it, it will never be finished. And, and he also said that for him, Zionism means not just having a plot of land for his weary people, but to create a model society on that land. And so the work of Herzl is ongoing and will always be ongoing to make that country better, to be more moral, to be more equal. All countries are a work in process. Our country of Canada is, our southern neighbor for sure is, every country is. It's always a a work in progress. And Zionism now to me is keep in mind the magic, remember the history, remember how much better off we are because we have a state of Israel and because we've always had it, we might take it for granted. And sometimes it's a a bit of a hassle to be a supporter of Israel, but it's worth it because we're much, much worse off. We would be if it didn't exist. And if we drop the ball on it, um, we do so at our peril. It's not lost on many people that the 125th meeting comes just a few months before the 75th anniversary of the founding of the state of Israel. Two very, very symbolic milestones, no? Absolutely. And in fact, you can play a little game with math because Herzl said in his diary, wrote in his diary after the first Zionist Congress, in Basel, I founded the Jewish state. And he didn't mean it existed, but he meant that he imprinted in people's minds the possibility of the state of Israel or what became the state of Israel happening. And he went on to say, if I said this out loud now, people would think I'm crazy. But maybe in five years and certainly in 50 years, people will know I'm right. So this was written in September of 1897 plus 50 years takes you to 1947 at eight months. So it's 50 years and eight months later, Israel existed. And so 125 minus the 50 gives you the 75, which is Israel's upcoming milestone birthday. All right, Seth, speaking about the conference specifically, you always do amazing treasure trove artifacts for the CJN and in your speeches around the world. What are you speaking about 
and what are you bringing? So I'll, I'll be talking about a few things. One is the imagery from the First Sinus Congress, and I'm holding up a postcard which was issued at the First Sinus Congress, and the images of it are uh, people praying at the Western Wall, the Kotel, as well as a farmer planting seeds on his farm. And this was the, the image that Herzl wanted to convey, being a landowner, working the land, and also pres preserving the religious context and the, the history and passion uh, of the Jewish people. The other is he insisted that everyone who goes to the Congress wear a tuxedo. So this Congress was the parliament of the Jewish people meeting for the first time. And this was a picture because Herzl was a playwright. He was a dramatist. This was a picture he wanted to imprint in the eyes of, and minds of the world that this was a form, formal business, a formal parliament. And interestingly, Zionism was also a democratic and progressive movement. It still is. Um, people would challenge that assertion, but they would be wrong in doing so. At the first Zionist Congress, there were 14 women in attendance. They were non-voting observers at the first Zionist Congress. By the second Zionist Congress, one year later, they were women were full voting members. That was in 1898, 20 years before women could vote in Canada, 22 years before they can vote uh, in the United States. And, and the last thing I'll, I'll talk about is... Herzl insisted that every word spoken at the Zionist Congress be recorded and minuted. So there are printed minutes of all the Zionist Congresses because as there was at the time and sadly is to this day, there is suspicion that Jewish bankers and powerful people in the back rooms are, are doing all kinds of nefarious business. And Herzl said, no, they, they, this is an open meeting. Members of the press can come and report on it. Elsewhere in my collection, I have the articles written in the New York Herald uh, a few days later about what happened to the Zionist Congress, the first Zionist Congress. There were no secrets in the Zionist Congress. Now to mark this 125th anniversary of the World Zionist Congress, David Matlow's teaming up with us for a free giveaway. That's right, the first 50 listeners to write to me can get a collector's item from David's treasure trove of Herzl swag. So send me your name and your contact information, and we'll get in touch with you with details on how to claim your prize. And how to reach me is, as always, ebesner at thecjn.ca. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Darcy Richler out in Shediac, New Brunswick. And hey, if you missed the last two weeks of our shows, that's because while I was on vacation, we published episodes of some of our greatest hits, but they were only published on our podcast feed and not on the emails or the CJN website or on Facebook. So why not make sure you never miss a show? Don't wait for the email newsletter. It's super easy to follow us at the CJN Daily and get it downloaded directly every day on your phone or your iPad, and then you can hear it before everybody else does. And I've made a little video to teach you how to do it, and the link for that video is in our show notes. Thanks again for listening to the CJN Daily. It's good to be back. And don't forget to enter to win some Herzl collector's items. ebesner at thecjn.ca. <laughs>